Hello, welcome to the Glory Bee podcast. I'm Jessica and I'm Tiffany. Today we're going to talk about finding support. We're going to get to share a little bit about our lives, about what it's looked like to have support on the journey, maybe what what we would, that we could have learned in that or things I wish I would have known that I wish I could have implemented then. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're here. We just want to um, encourage and empower survivors to find a support system that can help them get through life and just live life uh, well. Mm -hmm. In in abundance. Absolutely, because we've definitely been called to have an abundant life. So we just want to help you do that as well. Yeah. So a few places you can find support. So first of all, you can look to your family. This is a good option for some people, other people not so much, and you kind of have to gauge that for yourself. So we were talking about sometimes your family may not want to be around you because of choices that you've made or positions that you've been put in, um, and that can really cause a rift in the family. So I know for me, you know, sometimes I was just kind of away from my family, and I wasn't really disowned or estranged per se, but I definitely had some repairing that needed to be done just because I excluded myself from the family. I wasn't allowed to talk to my family. Like my dude like would not let us call our family. He knew that it messed us up in the head and would not, (laughs) it would keep us from working how he wanted us to. And so like we weren't allowed to talk to family and it's taken me some time and effort and intentionality to repair those relationships. Um, and my family didn't really know the extent of what was going on. Like they knew what I told them, but they, with uh, exception of my sister probably knows the most of what actually went on. But, um, there's just some repairing of relationships that has to happen. Yeah. And I think in mine, like, it, it wasn't safe to repair that relationship um, because they were um, my perpetrators. And so navigating that was hard. And I'm not going to say that I didn't ever attempt to, like, reach back out to them because as I got older, there was a few times that I did, um, you know, because I, I, I thinking that I wanted that relationship um and that society pressure of like blood is thicker than water you know Mm -hmm. it is like this is your family and so kind of like that do or die mentality um and then it just coming to the understanding that this this isn't this is not this is not even felt safe this is just an unsafe situation to to be in and not having contact with my family has been one of the biggest blessings for me, um, for me to heal. And I think the person, and you know, as I've walked with survivors, sometimes it's the perception of like, you chose this lifestyle, Mm -hmm. um, that can alienate family or friends, um, when, you know, it wasn't and that this lifestyle, um, a lot of times comes with drug addiction and Mm -hmm. alcohol addiction and thinking, okay, we're, you're choosing that when really like the coercion. Yeah. You needed to do that to survive the next 
whatever situation that you were put in. Yeah. Um, and so it was very difficult for family to understand that for, for a lot of survivors. Yeah, I know. Um, it's really hard to explain that to people because, like, for me, I chose to go and work at a strip club. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I made that choice. And what happened on that first night that I met the man that became my pimp, it that happened on the first night. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I don't really know what the odds are of that or how common that is. But like, I knew within six months that that wasn't a place that I needed to be. But at that point, I was ashamed of myself for mm. the choice that I had made. I was even more ashamed that I had given all of my money away because in my mind, that's, that's how I saw it. That's, that's what he, he talked me out of my money. He was keeping it because that's what we were doing and we were going to be together forever and he was taking care of everything. And so all the money that I had made by doing this, working in the strip club had gone to someone and there was no getting it back. And so I was ashamed of you know, having made this choice and then on top of that, not having anything to show for it. Right. And the danger that you potentially put yourself in for even attempting to ask that, that for it back. Yeah. It, you know, like it's the fear of like trying to ask for that back and, or like just understanding the repercussions of like, I'm going to skin some off the top and I'm not going to give all of it. Yeah. The, just the fear and the terror of knowing, like, if I'm coming up, like, $100 short, he's going to know. Yeah, I mean, it was, I I mean, the first time I saw him, you know, beat the hell out of somebody, it was like, it was very early. And it was like, I knew that it wasn't a place that I needed to be, but it's like, you're so scared at that point that it's like, well, what do, you know, what's he going to do to me when I ask him for my keys back? You know, because he's got my car keys, right? Mm-hmm. He's got my ID or whatever else he has. Um, yeah, and it's... People don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's and the part. The, the support. <clears throat> so, you, as for me, like, I am looking for support as someone that has now psychological and mental trauma. And I have PTSD from these events um, and, you know, getting on medication, all of these things, healing and all that. And I just felt so lonely coming out of the lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, I was, and I was like, I know reading the Bible, this is honestly like, I read the Bible and I was like, man, this is a great story. This is a wonderful story. But this grace doesn't apply to me. I felt like grace was I was the exception to the rule of grace. Um, like, I believed in it, but I didn't think it was for me mm-hmm. because I was like, what I did was so bad. How could I? And so I'm coming into this, you know, trying to look for support so broken down mm-hmm. and so beat down. Um, like, I couldn't identify emotions. Yeah. I couldn't feel emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't understand when other people had emotions. Yeah. I didn't understand like why people wanted to hug me yeah. or give me a high five 
or like why people were smiling. I mean, everything just seemed like a haze. Like I just, like I didn't, well, I wasn't even on drugs and it just seemed like I was just in a haze 24 seven. Um, didn't feel like the real world. No, because that wasn't our world. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and I was like, well, why is everyone else happy? What, like what? And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, what is wrong with me? And why am I so broken? Yeah. And you know, so, so I know for me, when I was in that stage, I remember, um, somebody had invited me to a conference and, uh, they were singing some worship songs mm-hmm. and it was, Oh, how he loves us. Mm-hmm. And I just remember crying and thinking, like, he really does love me. Like, mm-hmm. and just feeling like, I, like I'm, I'm tearing up now just because I did. I just, I just sat there and wept because I was like, okay, he does love me. Mm-hmm. And there is more to life than this. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that, I um, joined a recovery group. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, I, I have got some recovering to do. <laughs> like, right. um, and I didn't even go into, you know, what that was. I just went and it was a 12 step program Mm -hmm. and, um, that was really helpful for me. I found a lot of really kind and supportive people in that, even without having to expose myself and my background. Um, so I would definitely encourage that, um, finding a 12 step, a celebrate recovery or something along those lines. Um, uh, of course, always be, be cautious with what you take tell to who because there are always predators out there mm-hmm. um but that is one avenue of um support that you can find my biggest support came um i was at watermark church and it was called shelter from the storm at the time and i don't, mm. I don't know what's been running but it was a sexual abuse recovery group oh that's awesome and so like that was like the halfway point for me i was like okay like someone's gonna get it i would like come and then not attend for for so long um, but I made those steps and finally I was able to say something, but like looking for a sexual abuse recovery group was very helpful for me. And it started this journey of community mm-hmm. and, com- you know, um, I personally like churches that like have that community group aspect mm-hmm. um, of like doing life together um that was really that's really that was really a novel concept to me Mm -hmm. because it kind of gave me that pseudo family um yeah and in a support group but one of the things that I will say is like I also had to learn how to support other people Mm -hmm. and that was in a healthy way yes in a healthy way um and so that might that if you're able to support other people in a healthy way, that's a great option um, of to do. But if you're not able to do that, then therapy yeah, absolutely would be like the first for you know, sure would yeah. be the first step because you have to learn have to learn boundaries. Mm-hmm. You have to learn like what's appropriate. What's appropriate? To say. Not to I would just dump like and, yeah, know, dump. not to dump and. You know, not to be somber about everything. Yeah, yeah. Having um, just an attitude of joy Mm. and being able to look beyond the circumstances. And, you know, some of that may be that you need um, psychological help. Like, you may need some antidepressants. And I know when you're in, um, in the mess, you come up with these 
maladaptive behaviors yeah. and it's, you know, ways to cope with your situation. And a lot of that is dissociating those emotions, not, not mm-hmm. being angry, not being sad, not being happy because all of those are used against you when mm-hmm. you're in the life. Um, and so it's really important to find a safe place to reconnect those, mm-hmm. those emotions and see how it is appropriate to have and share those emotions without the fear of it being used against you. Yeah. So I did, um, I did therapy and counseling in, in several different places. There's lots of places that you can get it for free. Um, we talked about new friends, new life before. Mm -hmm. Um, there are lots of other organizations that do those types of things. Um, I actually had a lady named Lynn Heselton. She did this revisioning therapy for me. Mm. Um, and it was really integral in my reintegrating my dissociative states. Um, it just got me from a place of not being able to feel or express emotions to where I could actually feel happy, excited, mad, sad, and all of those things. And it was, um, really life changing for me. So finding some, some counseling therapy that is effective for you. EMDR has also been Mm -hmm. super helpful. Um, there's all sorts of organizations that support, um, survivors mm-hmm. of abuse or trafficking and mm-hmm. those types of things. And I liked, like, I went to therapy one time and it wasn't, I didn't have to necessarily s- disclose I was a survivor, but I did have to disclose I just had sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. If you're not at that place where you want to disclose I was a trafficking survivor, start there. Um, yeah. And like build that support system there. Learn some coping skills. If anything, I could say is like learn boundaries mm-hmm. and negotiation of boundaries. I was there's a situation that I was just talking to another friend about, and she, her counselor was like, "Okay, so where is like where's what's, the line? Yeah, where's the line for you? Yes, where's the line for you in this relationship or this friendship or this? That's too far. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's like that's a great question. Yeah, to be like, okay, where's that line in any like, where, where's that line emotionally, spiritually, financially? Mm-hmm. Where's that line for me? And it and it could be several answers. But once I was able to articulate those things and be able to truly support someone, then I felt like I was ready for this next phase of, like, true support mm-hmm. and what that looked like. Yeah. Um, so if you have not read um, Boundaries... Mm. or safe people those are great great resources of you know how to how to how to find people to be around and boundaries I would start with for sure just figuring out what are you responsible for mm-hmm. where where do I end and another begin is kind of the whole aspect of that so when you are looking for friends for support um, it's good to kind of take an inventory well first you kind of have to see what friends you have and a lot of like I don't know about you but like I I kind of cut off all the people that I knew in life because first of all you never knew what they were doing like were they trying to trap you and bring you back and so having to go and find new friends so I went to like an AA group and found a handful of people that I could hang out with there and you know found people with similar backgrounds as me as well none of those friendships lasted but it Mm -hmm. kind of introduced me into how to relate with people and like have a conversation even 
in a healthy way because I wasn't, I was sober, you know, for the first time in however many years. But that's one of the places that you can start building friendships. Yeah, I think for me, I'll be honest, like it was, it's been hard. There was a season where it was like, I found all of my friends through church in yes. this season of life. I didn't. I found a friend that just happened to be, I was in the store and, you know, I just happened, she just happened, like, we had a lot of interest and she likes to make cards like I do. And so, um, like, as we got to know each other and switched numbers and, like, and I, you know, vetted her and she tasked the same test, like, she's been able to come over. We've been able to craft together. That's um, great. So, like, common interest. Like, I like to, like, make cards and craft. I like to swim. So, mm -hmm. maybe, like, joining a swim group or if you like, I have friends that, like, I'm not an outdoorsy type of girl, but if you're an outdoorsy type of person, Mm -hmm. um, if yeah, there's you're, a group for that. There's running clubs, yeah, there's mom's groups. Right. In the season of life that you're in, mm -hmm. um, like me looking for like singles groups mm -hmm. for a little, uh, like thirties and, and above, um, those type of groups would be good. Just anything that we, you could have, you know, there's video game groups now, there's all kinds of common interest type of things, um, that you can find and like, Meet them out in a public place at first. Meet mm -hmm. them out. Vet them. You know, don't invite them to your home right off the bat. Right. Yeah, um, definitely. Meet those things. Like, meet them out in public. And for me, I found it a little safer to meet same-sex people initially. I didn't yeah. necessarily befriend the first, ma all the males I saw. Like, I started with women and trying to just befriend women. Yeah. And then, like, I, as a, as I grew in my confidence in like not having understanding that all of my friendships with male didn't need to be like a sexual. sexual sexual thing then I start I was able to have some male friends like that just common interest um we could talk about I can act like I just had a friend conversation yesterday and I was like um he was like hey Tiffany like can you give me a, like a, a woman's perspective on this and I was like hey this is going can you give me a male but I didn't just go and befriend a lot of males coming out of this lifestyle. It was easier to start with the same sex for me. Yeah, no, definitely because I know most of my male relationships were very skewed because I was, it, it was very sex-based. And so it's like, I didn't feel like any man wanted to talk to me unless they wanted sex from me. And so I was, I'm still very much like, don't have very many relationships with men that are outside of my family because I probably honestly still deal with some trust issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend starting with same sex relationships. Um, and when you are single, it is important to have relationships with other people that you do find desirable. Mm -hmm. Um, even as companions, it's very important to do that. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to, before you start dating, Learn how to be a friends with a male. Like, just mm -hmm. be friends with a male. Um, and I have friends that, like, of different ages. And, we like, there's no sex. There's no, you know, any of that. But we can have conversations. And we can... But I... For me, it was... It was good. Like, I can... I can have a man that's a friend in my life that is not... That I'm not doing anything with. I also would put the rule of thumb is that if you have a male friend and they're married the wife definitely needs to know about you yeah yeah you know like that's just a good good kind of 
cover yourself yeah. thing to do because yeah. you don't want any you never know what goes on in people's heads and you certainly don't want to offend people and you don't want to spark anything that could be inappropriate or mm-hmm. deemed as inappropriate and yeah that's you never want to be in the middle of that mess and I don't really go out with a lot of like I don't go and do anything with married men that like their wife wouldn't that wouldn't know about like even my best friend like if I'm te- like if I'm texting him she's included on that text yeah um so just that was I didn't know that boundary I didn't know that I needed to do those things and I wish those were the things like somebody would have told me hey yeah you know unless it's a surprise party that I'm planning for you yeah your husband's gonna be on the text or like Jessica is in the hospital I'm texting your husband and it's about that situation it, yeah. it's nothing that if someone were to look back could any could look back and sway that and understanding that for me that that understanding that boundary and finding that support in that way mm-hmm. yeah so there's also uh, online groups mm. that you could um, join there's one that I know of that's for people that worked in the sex industry Uh, And it's called Treasures. It's based out of California. And they have a really great online support system. Um, They have groups that meet weekly. They do a Bible study weekly as well. That's a separate. um, They have like an empowerment group and a Bible study group um, that I have found helpful for me. Um, There's also the Survivor Alliance. Mm Mm-hmm. And Elevate Academy also has a good support system online as well, online community. Survivor Alliance, I believe, meets on, like, the first Saturday or the third Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're based out of England, but you can hop on and, you know, meet different men and women that have been trafficked of some sort. Um, And so that's a good way to meet. I think AA now, you know, especially COVID changed a lot of how support is available. Be, is available. Um, so some of that is like you can now do therapy online. Mm-hmm. You can now do um, doctor's appointments online. So in support also look like you can now do um, community online. I will say the one thing that I, I'm an extrovert. And so people interaction I need. Yeah. Being, um, being physically with someone, someone is, is yeah. big. Yeah. There, there definitely are ways to meet people behind a screen, but I would definitely not let that be your only, your only connection with people because that's, we, we learned through that whole pandemic. That's not healthy for, for many people. Right. Even, um, even if you're an um, introvert. A, introvert, it's just, you know, it's still healthy to have a conversation and, Again, like as as coming out of a lifestyle, you have to be able to have these conversations in person. It's easy to protect ourselves and want to hide behind a screen, but mm-hmm. it's so important to have those social skills um, and to work on that. And so, like I led with like, hey, this isn't like I'm a little socially awkward, but you know, can you, would you work with me? Like I yeah. was kind of led well, with the thing. And I, and I like that disclosure too, as opposed to something like, Oh, by the way, I was attracting victims. So I'm not very good at being social, you know? Right. Cause that's like, Whoa, right. That that's was, a, a ooh, lot that of was... that thing, you know? So like, but I was just like, I'm working on like my social skills. So would you be okay with like w- supporting me as I'm working on my social skills? Yeah. I'm working on, you know, and if they're and if they're not, they may not be the right person right. to be around, yeah. and that's okay. Right. And so for me, it may be like I'm working on like being an active listener instead of like talking twenty four seven. You know, so whatever that may look like for you, 
you can save the behavior that you're trying to work on instead of what the past that you're that you're leading um mm -hmm. so like identifying this behavior i'm trying to work on being more assertive less assertive blah blah blah, blah. um speaking my mind mm -hmm. you know engaging in conversation and so putting those kind of like white elephants on the table has been helpful for me um to kind of gauge friendships yeah i like that i like that um another type of support that you could have is support animals Ooh. and um we love this um i've got a support dog my counselor that i started seeing gosh probably three years out um, I started seeing her and she recommended that I get a service dog, um, support animal. And I was in a position where I was so hard to just live life and not be scared all the time and just needed that comfort, um, through a lot of just life stuff, um, is, was really helpful for me to have a companion with me all the time. Um, so I had George... And we still have George, and he's great, and he's just my little fluff, and um, there is training that can be done. You can train when it's a psychological um, need. It's easier, it's best if the person is able to train their own dog, because they can tell when you're upset, when you're going into um, having those flashbacks and things, they can come and be able to get you out of those. Um, there is an organization that can help train those. There's different ones. Uh, one that I know of is Dogs and Vests, and they will help to train service dogs so they are, you know, official, have all the paperwork. And um, what's your experience with that? Yeah, so I have a service dog. Um, his name is Leo, Leo Lion. Um, and again, like, through therapy, we found out, like, that would be best for me. Um, and so we went, like, I did, like, the PetSmart classes, just the basic obedient classes mm -hmm. at first, and then hired someone to um, work through, like, more training things, you know, and then I was able to take over, uh, you know, some of that on my, on my own. Um, so, you know, making sure you're keeping up, yet, you know, like, the dog's health, grooming, you know, and then um, the medical paperwork, you know, even if it's an um, emotional support dog or a service dog, making sure that, you know, you have all of that. Um, and so Leo has really helped me. Um, I didn't even like dogs, um, but just he's just been a big blessing to me and my in my family um, and is really just help me be able to do things I never thought I would be able to do. Um, I think the drawback that I'm learning is that churches don't have to accept e ESA dogs or service dogs. Yeah. And yeah. so it's been really hard um, as I'm, you know, going out and um, like helping and see how many churches would be accepting of service dogs and being turned away has been very difficult. And so weighing that option and saying like, hey if I get a service dog would my church be accepting of that yeah. or would I have to find a new church community 
or would I have to shift to go to church only online? So that's those are things that you have to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, in yeah, those, yeah, before, before you get an animal, and like, can I afford the animal? Yeah, just those, um, you know, first things that like, it, where, where am I living? Is this going to be appropriate? Where I'm living? What size dog or mm-hmm. animal? Um, yeah, should you be having? Um, those are definitely questions to think about. Um, and it may be that you really would benefit from a service animal, but it's not really appropriate where you are in life. Mm-hmm. Um. So you really just have to see if yeah. that is appropriate for you. Yeah. And the cost of it. Like, I wouldn't, it's, you know, food, water, shots. And I, I had to, unfortunately, like, Leo had a little heat thing and we had to take him to the emergency vet. We have insurance on him, but just understanding that that is a reoccurring cost. And mm-hmm. as you're coming out of the life, you might not have those extra funds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially if you don't, if you haven't started, you know, figuring out what budgeting looks like mm-hmm. and how to manage your money. Well, that, um, could become something that could really, um, cause an issue and, and put you in a position where you feel like you need to go back to the life to make some fast cash to take care of a problem that you've had. And, um, that's not something that we want to Mm -hmm. fall into. Yeah, I would agree. Um, we would just want to thank you so much for spending your time with us and just supporting us and listening to us. Um, we hope that we're able to depart just if you're a survivor, um, some wisdom on how to seek support. And if you are someone that is walking life with someone that could be a potential survivor or want to, to support these, I hope these gives you tips to how to interact or ways to support someone that is a survivor, um, of, of trafficking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So finding... Good support systems is very, very important. If you have any questions and you don't know where to start, um, we'll leave some notes so that you can kind of look back and see where you can look for some friends and some links to those resources. And you can always reach out to us, um, info at glorybee.com.org.org. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we hope that you have a fabulous day. And once again, thanks for joining the Glory Bee Podcast.